1: Welcome back to the Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margo, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hello. And we have FBG Kristen. Hi, guys. And uh, this is a very interesting show that we have going on today. So, Kristen, can you talk a little bit about our special guest, Sarah James?
2: Sure. So, Sarah is like an old-school blogger. From back in the the early days of when people kind of started taking to the internet to share their their thoughts and tips, and so she started out with her blog Whirl, which some of you guys may may know of, and she's now also um, one half of the duo behind the Selfie Podcast, which is really fun. Um, and I've known Sarah for years now, and she's just like she's really fascinating. She is one of the most stunningly gorgeous people you'll ever meet. Um, and she, I mean, she just is, but she also happens to be, she's really, she's a beauty expert. Um, and she's really kind of transcended into, um, into green beauty and natural beauty. And that is very much her jam these days. And, um, and it's great because she gives tips and, um, recommendations for things at like all price points. Um, cause she's really, she's honest about the fact that she receives a lot of cool stuff for free. And so that, you know, that $160, uh, jar of, organic eye cream might work wonders, but not everybody is going to be able to shell out for that, right? So, you know, she's also like, hey, also this coconut oil that you can get on Amazon for $6 is great. So yeah, I was really excited to have her come on. And then the other thing about it is that she and um, and her co-host, Kristen Howerton, they have been um, on their podcast. They have been talking about different, some of the big personality tests. They started off with Myers-Briggs, which I'm like, I love all the Myers-Briggs stuff, but then they got into Enneagram, which is something that I'm actually looking at my test results. I took it almost a year ago, exactly today. And one of my best friends is super into it. And I, I, I've really loved listening to what they've said about it because they've done like literally each episode, they talk about a different type and there are nine types. So it's, you know, they're, they're spending a significant amount of time on it. So I was hoping that today maybe we can do certainly not that deep a dive, but I think we've all taken our Enneagram tests and I was hoping that perhaps we could share our results and talk a little bit about what we've what we've learned because it's definitely a, an interesting look into oneself when you when you see these different types and see which ones you match best with.
0: Kristen, I'm curious, did yours did yours change from a year or did you take it again?
2: I did not take it again.
0: Okay. No, it's but really it's pretty.
2: yeah. I mean, it's all. It's pretty right on, I think.
0: Yeah, and I was um. I can't remember how much like Meyer Briggs is if you do the whole thing, but anyway, it was only like fourteen bucks to take,
1: so that yeah. was kind of nice, you know. It's a quick test. It's a quick online test. It doesn't take that Mm -hmm. long to do either. I mean, it's and it was really interesting. It was the first time I'd ever heard about it was when we started talking to Sarah about it. I guess, I don't know how long this test has been around. So Kristen said, Margo, I want you to take this test because I need to know your number. And I did. So do we want to talk about our numbers? Should I start with mine? Yeah. Yes. Go for it. (laughs) Heavy sigh. I'm conflicted about it, but I am a seven. I am a solid seven, you guys, the enthusiast. And then my two second orders right behind that, I'm a type four, the individualist, and then type two, the helper. So those are are mine. I was a little bummed out. But then I started doing reading, and Sarah recommends a book, and I want to recommend it to you guys as well if you start taking these tests. It's called The Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery, if you really, really want to do a deep dive. And that's from Ian Ian Cron, excuse me, Ian Morgan Cron. And so, uh, Jen, what's your number? Oh, gosh. So,
0: yeah, I feel like it's just, like, here, here's my soul. Like, there's no hiding behind this because when I read through all the descriptions, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is me." And I'm not gonna say it gave me a. I well, I guess, I guess I'm at the age now where I would have a midlife crisis, huh? I'm mm. way beyond the quarter life crisis. <laughs> we're like oh, a third
2: crap. life. Well, yeah. no, no, I'm kind of no, like I midlife. Closer to mid. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Cool. Sorry. Jen and I both just celebrated birthdays too. So it's oh, just yeah, like, exactly, this low mortality. mortality. <laughs> That's
0: just so funny. So funny. Um, no, but I was looking at it. I am, um, I was tied. Mm-hmm. My, my highest score was a tie between type four and type three, type four being the individualist and type three being the achiever. Ooh. So, basically, I am, like, someone who wants to be seen and recognized and will push and work hard, and I am damn special. Like, that's how I like to see myself, and that's why I want others to see me. And it was just so funny because, like, it's so true and a little bit embarrassing, and when I got mm-hmm. it, I... Uh... I, I was kind of upset. I was like, wait, like, I'm not, I'm not special. Like, I thought I, I'm special. Like, <laughs> so I kind of struggled with that for a little bit. And I stopped actually, I got like reading, they give you a really detailed report. Yes. And I got a, yeah, like really, really, really long. And I got through some of it and I was like, I'm not looking at this anymore. Like, this is making me mad. Right. Which, you know, usually when things get like pretty close to home. That's kind of how I react to, which I'm sure is also in the rest of my test results, you know, we'll tell you that. It was just so right on. And then my uh, second highest score below that was the reformer, which I honestly haven't even really looked into. Um, <laughs> I can do that after this interview and always report back. But yeah, it was pretty eye-opening and something that I'm continuing to clearly work into. Yeah. How about you, Kristen?
2: So I am a six. I'm a loyalist which it works for, for who I am. Um, that was my top score. And that means that I'm, um, generally reliable, hardworking, organizing, vigilant, dutiful, evaluating, persevering, cautious, anxious, believing, and doubting both conservative and liberal. So I am, I am an enigma is (laughs) sort of that. And yeah, so, and what's cool is with this, it shows you kind of where your type tends to go when you grow, um, and when you are at your best, and then also
0: yeah.
2: what comes out in, in times of stress. So my next my next ones up are, um, what am I? I'm a, uh, hold on, looking at this. After that, I'm a tie between three of them, one of which is a type four, the individualist. So mm-hmm. I too am special, guys. <laughs> um, I love that we're all special together. We are special. We are, that's um, true. And then also a type three, and then also a nine. Yeah, uh, and I think it's really funny because Margot and I were talking before we got started um, that her her top one, the Type Seven, um, that is one of my very bottom ones. And actually, your uh, I think you said Type Two um, Helper is one of your your next up ones, and that's yeah. like two of my bottom three. Yeah, are me too. That which I, Interesting. Think, I think is so cool that you know that's that's where some of these. Um, some of these things are really helpful because you you have these relationships with different people in different realms of your life. And I think knowing some of these things about yourself and then learning them about others can be really, really handy for, um, especially it, what I've found is like for work relationships, um, understanding how people react to things going well, things going badly, um, pressure being on, stuff like that, which... So I I think it's really neat for us to all all know these and see kind of how they how they interact.
0: Yeah, I was. And for Margo like you're you're the like enthusiast and helper, just makes so much sense because you came to
1: us and you're like, let's start this podcast here. I'll 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 take charge. Like I'll do. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Like (laughs) so, so it's described. The sevens are excitable, spontaneous, curious. Like there's like these fun things, outgoing. But then it says uh, they're also scattered, distracted, impatient, and I'm like. Yeah, maybe I am sometimes, (laughs) you know, but at my best, I'm appreciative, bountiful, thoughtful. So there's good things there. But they like Kristen said, you get like this 26 page report and it really goes into at your best, at your worst, what you can work on also with your, your second and thirds that, you know, that show up in the test. So my bottom one was the reformer. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. That's That's my third one. Yeah. Yeah, Isn't that crazy? So Yeah, so yeah. I, it's been really fun, and and so we don't even even talk about it that much in this interview today. But if you go go to her podcast, Selfie Podcast, they talk about it there. And I'm definitely going to be checking out the seven for sure for me. <laughs>
2: so what do you guys? Oh, I was just going to say, like, I really recommend like listening to and and they go into other things in um, in each episode. So it's not like it's an hour of a deep dive into each type. Um, they talk about other things as well. But like, if you guys are interested in Enneagram at all, number one take the test and then number 2 um obviously listen to this interview and number 3 is check out the the different types that you are or that your loved ones are on selfie because that was that's fascinating
1: yeah that was really interesting and so she talks they said, the, the podcast is about as they call it self-care and shit and basically (laughs) self-care could mean anything whatever that means for you they feel like it's really important to do every day especially women we get overextended so I wanted to ask you guys like what does self-care mean to you Jen oh so there was a great we got to
0: find that article Kristen that um I think you guys touched on in this interview from conversations I had with you guys after but just that you know self-care like I think for a lot of a lot of people and for a lot of time, it felt like self-care was, oh, I'm going to take a bubble bath, or I'm going to read, or I'm going to go to the gym, or I'm going to do this, and now it's kind of like this whole, like, soul well-being relationship thing, where it's like, you know what, no, Um, similar to when we talked to, like, Terry Cole about having good relationships and setting boundaries, I'm going to set boundaries for myself, I'm going to set boundaries for my relationships with other people, I'm going to let them know what's okay, what's not okay, so that I don't need as much self-care, I'm just, I'm just taking care of myself all day long, every day, so I don't, You know, at the end of the day, it's not like I want to just fall into a chair and just Netflix and, you know, drink wine to cope. Like I've got a skill set all day long that's working. But for me, what I've been doing recently that has been so helpful is I'm just talking about all kinds of people we talked about. We've we've talked to on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, that episode. Yeah, seriously. That episode that we did with uh, Dina Welch, the energy healer um i am doing her course called uh my power morning and i know kristen has actually done it um what like a couple of years ago mm-hmm. um yeah and there is there's journaling there's energy releasing there's like meditation there's envisioning there's all these different pieces that go into creating a really powerful morning ritual which is something i have really been wanting to do is to kind of claim a little bit of time in the morning for me and i found that it taking and i'm getting up probably uh, 30 to 45 minutes early. It really feels the best if I get up an hour earlier than I need to. Um, And just having that space to just process stuff and then really think about what I want and how I'm going to get there and really feel that has changed my energy and my productivity, like what I can do and how I feel all throughout the entire day. It's been a really incredible, um, a really incredible thing. So if you're interested in that, I don't, I don't know how often she's going to run the course um, or open it up or, um, but you can get more information at my mypo- mypowermorning.com. And she has different, like free resor- resources and videos and stuff. So if you're interested, get more info there. info there. What about you, Kristen?
2: Well, that's a really good question because I think it, for me, it, and, and probably for everybody, it varies pretty greatly depending on, what else is happening in my life. Um, Because sometimes I am in a place where, you know, like you were talking about um, where I can just sort of keep up on things and do the things that feel good every day. And, um, and that sort of, I just sort of can keep on keeping on in a pretty happy and easy way. So for me, that's, you know, getting regular exercise is is huge and doing things that make me feel, make me feel strong and capable. And, um, and then drinking enough water, is a huge one for me. So right now I'm, I'm injured and have been for a while and it, to the point where I'm, I'm not able to do a lot of the things that I would normally be doing to kind of keep my, my mental state and my physical state, if we're being honest, um, exactly where I'd like for it to be. So it's turning into a lot of much smaller things um, just because I can't go out and do a big run and leave it all out you know, on the road the way I, I would prefer. So that is sometimes um, I mean, you guys, I sounds silly, but it's easy to forget how good taking a shower and putting on like good clean clothes feels just because you want to do it, not because you have to go somewhere, not because you need to get ready for work, but like to just take a, you know, a good, you know, Self-care type of shower where you know use the shampoo that smells really good. Take time with with your loofah and get all the suds really going. That that can really <laughs> that can make a difference in your day for sure. Or you know, brewing a nice cup of tea and having some time to sit and and drink that and um, having a bit of a bit of quiet time um, to myself is is something that's really important to me no matter what. So that's helpful. And then the other part, um, which is like. 180 degree change from there is I also I sometimes need people to kind of get me out of my own head. I'm sure there's something in one of my types that talks about that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so making a point to reach out to people when uh, when I know that I need a little extra care. And sometimes I guess self-care can come from outside sources. Does that even make sense? Yeah. Um, But just saying, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, guys, I, I I'm sitting in my house and I think that I should probably get out. So who, who wants a cup of coffee? You know, who wants to go for a walk? Who wants to, you know, go sit at the beach with me, whatever. Um, And that can be really helpful. So I think just being willing to, to reach out and say like, I'm having a little bit of a hard time making this happen myself. Who's, Who's willing to support me. And I'm really fortunate that I've got a huge not a huge group, but I've got a really wonderful group of people who will do that, um, you guys included. I know that I can reach out to to you guys at any time and say, you know, let you know what I need. So so those are my things. Um, ray of sunshine
0: out. Margo, over to you. <laughs> Being injured sucks. Being injured sucks. It's Being just, injured
1: yeah. sucks so much. It's, I'm so sorry, when, Kristen.
0: Yeah, yeah it's and, fine. And when, you know, exercise, I think, you know, all of us, clearly, we use exercise as a stress reliever, as a self-care thing. So when Mm -hmm. that is limited, it is just, uh, we've all been there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hugs, girl. Hugs, Uh, girl. Thanks. So not to rub it in, but um, I'm not injured, but I'm stuck in this apartment because it's cold outside and it's gray and and winter always kind of gives me the blahs. So I decided this year I was going to really dive into hot yoga. And I've been doing that now a couple of times a week for the last few weeks. And it's amazing. I mean, I don't like getting that hot and sweaty, really, but it's very good for me because I'm not checking my phone. I'm not thinking about anything else when I'm there, right? I'm just working on my poses. And believe me, I am one of the worst people in the room. I have the tightest hamstrings. (laughs) I need blocks and and everything, accoutrements to just hit the basic (laughs) poses. But I've been doing this a couple of times a week for the last few weeks and it's just like, oh my God, it feels so amazing. I feel so clear and when I'm done, and I could just handle anything and my mood's getting better and that's for me has been really I've been sleeping better so for me the self-care uh, for me has been the physical and it's been trying this hot yoga and it's been really amazing I don't know if I'll stick with it in the summer because it's hot enough already outside all summer long but right. definitely that's for that's just yoga that that's point. just yoga at that point yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly but for what this winter that's what I'm going to do and I've so, sort of committed to that Wednesdays and Saturdays doing it and it's just been great
0: what a wonderful awesome. like winter practice oh it's good. A- yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's something you would want to get out of the house for. Like, yeah, I'm going to go sit in a really hot room. That sounds amazing right now.
1: <laughs> and it's like yeah. this really small studio. You know, it's Brooklyn. You know, it's on the bottom floor, and it's really kind of cozy. I say it's a cozy gathering because we're all just crammed into this room sweating <laughs> together. But it's kind of nice. It's very communal at the same time. Like, I'm by myself, and I'm but I'm also with other people, so it gets me out like that. So for me, that's been my big self-care. And I listen to myself when I say, I really think I need to do that, and I just did it. Cause I'm an enthusiast. So that's why yeah, I jump into right. things. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. Why? And Wrapping it up in a bow.
2: Yeah. So, and I also, I do want to touch on something that you mentioned there is um, the fact that it gets you away from your phone. Um, yep. Cause I know for me, that is, that's huge. And I think it is for a lot of people. And um, you know, if anybody out there is kind of like, Oh, I'm kind of moody. You know what? Pay attention to your mood and how much time you're spending staring at your phone, mm-hmm. um, especially doing silly things like you know playing a game that doesn't really matter, or you know th- just like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling through social media and not really. Because and I'm not gonna super knock social media. Like I think that there are some really genuine good interactions happening there. There's some interesting stuff. But if you're finding yourself being a little moody, pay some attention to that, and then see if maybe it would be a good idea to set aside some time, whether that's while you're doing yoga or something else. But just when you are truly disconnected from that. I I think that
1: that is extremely powerful. Speaking of powerful, why don't we go into this very powerful interview we had today with Sarah James. She's wonderful. You guys are going to love this. So Sarah James is the author of Whirl, a lifestyle blog with an emphasis on clean beauty, unfussy style, and a mindful approach to daily life. Over the past decade, Sarah has written about everything under the sun with her finger on the pulse of the modern woman's lifestyle. She's happy to share her successes and challenges and is open and authentic in bringing that conversation to the table. Sarah also co-hosts Selfie, a weekly podcast about self-care in the modern world. She's here today to talk about her favorite beauty tips, creating time for self-care, personality types, and dealing with being sidelined from injuries. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Sarah. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. We're very excited to have you on. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today, we have FBG Kristen. Hey. I'm going to ask you the first question. I love how you describe your podcast as being about self-care and shit. So (laughs) (laughs) now that we are full on into 2018 when we're recording this, what advice can you give our listeners about creating more self-care for themselves?
3: Ooh, well, you know, that... I hate to rip off Nike, but you know what I say to myself and a lot of my friends is like, you you just have to do it. I think a lot of us get so caught up in like, well, I've got to take better care of myself and when am I going to do that? And how am I going to do that? And then for me personally, I can just get caught up in just trying to plan my self-care that I don't actually do it. And I think it's, we're at a point now where it's like, you just have to accept that, there's going to be a time in your day that you have to take care of yourself and just make it a habit. You know, I know lots of us are in different phases of our lives. So, you know, I have a seven year old and 11 year old. So, you know, saying that to, let's say someone who is like a brand new mom, I'm sure they'd be completely rolling their eyes at me. Like I literally have no time in the day to do this, you know, but for me, it's just like, it's just, Just like I drink water every day, and I eat food, and I get sleep, I take a little bit of time to care for myself. And, you know, that can look really different for everyone.
2: Excellent. So one of the topics that you and your co-host on Selfie, Kristen Howerton, have covered in depth is personality tests. And I love mm-hmm. this. Um, and you started off with my personal favorite, which is Myers-Briggs. And you've moved along and you guys are like well into a deep dive <laughs> on all the Enneagram types. <laughs> so, and I, I think in our in our pre-show for this, we talked a little bit about me and, and Margot. Um, we talked about our approach to that. But I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how these kinds of insights into your own personality can help with your self-care and also, if you've learned anything really surprising as you've gone through these different tests and personality types.
3: Oh, yes. Well, like you said, I, we are definitely really deep into the Enneagram right now. And like you, Kristen, I love Myers-Briggs. Like that's, oh, that's always been really super helpful. But I think the difference between those two personality tests is the Myers-Briggs is more like how you're perceived by others where the Enneagram really looks into your inner motivations, like why you really do the things you do, why you act the way you act. And for me, it's become, it's, it's much more robust of a personality test, if you will, yeah. and it can be super cringy. And I'm using that word because that's what my seven year old uses all the time. Like she tells me, "Mom, you're so super cringy." So now I'm using it, which is just cringy in itself that I just said that. <laughs> but it's and accurate. Sorry, it's like I have, I can't help it. But you know, we we've said in the podcast that when you're learning about the Enneagram, when you're reading about the different types, the one that makes you cringe the most is usually your type. And so. I have learned an enormous amount about myself just in the past, I don't know, three or four months. I'm 43 years old. I've done a crap load of therapy. I've done, you know, I've, I'm really into self-help and all that stuff. And things have opened up in front of me in the past three or four months that I've been like, oh, I never thought about this before. So I have to say anyone out there who hasn't done the Enneagram, I would highly recommend it. Not only does it help you um, gain insight on yourself, but when you know the number, the types of others, it really helps you to see people in a different light and really understand why they're doing the things they're doing. So for me personally, I'm a three, which is called the achiever or the performer. And um, a lot of threes kind of gain self-worth by doing Um, And not just doing things, but doing things very well. And so they kind of get their inner validation from being admired by others for doing well at something. And um, that's great and all, but you know, threes can get into trouble when they kind of lose sight of what their true selves really are opposed to what they're doing to impress others. That's kind of um, a common theme with threes. Um, Another common three is that threes are always working work is very important to them it kind of ties into what I was just saying about being admired by others and doing really well so threes just want to hit it out of the park they're constantly thinking about work or doing work and for me that has been something that I've had to really think about when it comes to self-care because it's easy for me to get so caught up in my work and what I'm creating to actually take the time To take care of myself, which is hard. I mean, threes, it's hard for threes to take care of themselves because it's just like, oh, no, no, I want to do, 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 because I want people to admire me and I want to be validated. So that's something that I've had to really kind of, and it kind of ties into what I was saying at the very first about just saying, hey, this is what I'm doing today. I'm going to, you know, A, B, and C, these are ways I'm going to take care of myself. And you know, taking care of yourself doesn't mean like a mask and a bath bomb. I mean it can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It it, it can be a mask or a bath bomb, but taking care of yourself might mean releasing a toxic friend or if you're feeling lonely initiating a new friendship with someone. So it's not just technically about, you know, beauty or taking care of your physical self. It's really just making sure that you're feeling good on the inside as well. How do you take
1: these tests?
3: Oh, the Enneagram. Yeah, so um, there is an there's a website online. It's I think it's called the Enneagram Institute. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there is a page to take the online test. It's twelve dollars. It's totally worth it. It's there are, so in depth. It's so in-depth. I mean, and they're very good at like almost kind of asking you the same questions in different wording over and over. So you're like really getting to who you are. And of course, you just have to be really honest with yourself and answer them how you really would be. Now, there are a couple of free tests online, but they're just not quite as robust. So I definitely recommend taking that $12 test, but it is just the coolest.
2: Yeah. And we'll have it in the show notes um, because I, of course, totally have it right here
3: pulled up because i was like
2: wait what because i know what my my main type is but i i couldn't remember how close my other two are um yes so yeah
3: what is your type i'm a six yeah
2: yeah three and nine are really close behind
3: i was a three with six and nine tying (laughs) in second place (laughs) so i feel you i feel you
1: It sounds like astrology, like you're talking about right now. You know, I'm an Aries with a Leo moon, you know. <laughs> yeah,
3: I know. It's it's really hard for me not to go into, like, my wing right now because you have types <laughs> with your wing. And I'm just really trying to zip it shut right now because we don't want to <laughs> go that deep. I understand. But yeah. you guys have got to do it. It's so fantastic.
1: Okay. I, totally. I, I definitely plan to. So we've had some rough winter weather on the East Coast where I'm based and where Kristen is based in the South. By, in Florida, it's been rough, and where you are, it's just been all over the place. Where we're in winter, when we're recording, it, you were telling us off the air. So, I, what is, what are your favorite things for winter skin to deal with? What are your favorite beauty items in this kind of weather?
3: Oh my gosh! Well, obviously, I mean, we need more moisture. It's all about hydration right now. Um, once those heaters, you know, click on and start going, it's just the air is so unbelievably dry, mm-hmm. drives me absolutely crazy. So, I think. Some of my must-haves are balms. Um, There's so many balms out there right now that are actually, you know, I'm very into natural and clean beauty. So these are all products that I'm talking about are clean or, you know, natural. Lots of them are fully organic. But balms are kind of like a mix between a lotion and an oil. They're a little bit thicker. And um, there's one made by Carrie Gran is the name. And it's just this pot- of amazingness. It's just, oh my gosh, it almost feels like pudding. And you can just put it all over your dry spots, anywhere on your body, on your lips, on your elbows, on your cuticles. Um, I just put it all over my face. When it gets super dry, my last step in my skincare routine is to put that balm on my face. And I just kind of like let it sink in as I'm sleeping. And I feel like when I wake up, my skin is so plump and hydrated. So balms are huge for me. Also in the winter, I like to switch from a body lotion to an oil in the summer. I don't usually do that because, um, you're already kind of like, you know, it's just hot and, um, all that, but I really like to use an argan oil specifically made by moon skincare. Um, Munimi, who actually owns this company sources, her argan oil from like an amazing source. So I use that on my body when I get out of the shower instead of. Um, lotions. And then I have like the best lip balm ever. And I've tried them all. I'm telling you right now, I've tried every single one of them, but it's by Bite Beauty. It's the Bite Beauty Agave Lip Mask. And Bite Beauty, I think they carry at Sephora. You can buy it on Amazon and it's in a a little squeeze tube and it's just really nice and thick. So you just put it on before you go to bed and it stays on all night and it's really good. But they also have the same formulation, but in, like, a roll-up, like a chapstick, so if you don't like squeezing out of a tube, you can, I always have, like, the chapstick-type version in my purse that I put on my lips, but, like, those are must-haves.
2: I need to get that balm, because I woke up the other day, and my face was falling off, like, yeah, like, (laughs) the whole bottom half just fell off, and I'm like, well, this is very attractive, oh, and I didn't realize until I had gotten back from breakfast with people, so I was like, cool, so I just ate, like, my chin in a waffle, um, (laughs) which, I don't know why they haven't asked me to go to breakfast with them again, but, um, probably not unrelated.
3: I'm serious. It's just, and you got to get ahead of it. It's like one of those things that you really have to get ahead and get that hydration into the facial skin before it starts, you know, getting super dry and flaky and all of that stuff. So I just try to stay ahead of it.
2: Yeah. Okay, so you know I want to talk, like, lots more about beauty, and I I really want to get into the fact that you have become quite the expert on um, natural beauty and, um, you know, and natural products and green products, so I'm wondering if you can tell us why did you move so far into the natural realm, and what do you think are the most important things for people to know about choosing natural products, and... Also, do they, are they all really, really expensive? <laughs> because a lot of them that I see are like forty dollars for a tiny vial.
3: Yeah,
2: I feel like that's my life right now.
3: Yeah, I hear you. Well, well, first off, I got into it probably like five or six years ago. I was having some health issues, and I was really super focused on eating clean and working out, taking care of my body. And I don't know how. I don't know what it was exactly that made me start looking into it, but I realized really quickly how crazy it was that I was spending all this time trying to eat so clean and take care of myself. Yet I was slathering on conventional products that were full of toxic chemicals, super detailed, but I won't go into it, but you know, there haven't been any regulations in the United States since the thirties. And to put it in its simplest terms, I mean, people can put whatever they want on the shelves and they can label it however they please. And that's fine. There's no regulation on that. So when I started really diving into it, I was realizing that all of these products made by these brands that we trust that we've seen on the shelves forever and ever had some really, really bad chemicals in them. So at that point I was like, I need to make the move over to using more natural products and more organic products and it was kind of a slow. Well, actually, it is a slow progress, you know, progress that I've had. But at the same time, like I'm kind of a, you know, I'm a three. I'm like a knock it out of the park girl. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's like I like I'm the type of the girl that like took her entire like makeup shop and like, sh- brushed it in the trash. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm never using this again. Um, which I would not recommend. That would not recommend that. That's stupid, and it costs a lot of money. <laughs> do not do not do that. So. For me, it's just been like now it's just a lifestyle choice that I make. I don't ever think of – I would never use a conventional product because now there are so many different brands out there that are all priced totally varied from very inexpensive to, of course, the most luxurious. And a lot of these companies now are making products that really perform. And when I talk to people about natural products, one of the first – You know, kind of kickbacks I get from people or pushback I get is well, they don't really work. You know, and I totally agree. I remember living in California and going to Mother's Market or Whole Foods and kind of, you know, you just grab something and you're just hoping for the best, man. You know, you're just like, okay, fingers crossed, this is going to work, and then you get it at home and you're like, this sucks. (laughs) You know, so now there's so many companies and they're usually small companies and they have so much pride in what they do. And it's so important to them. So to me, it's a no brainer, especially if there's someone out there that's eating big Macs all day and like just doesn't care. I get it. But I I almost want to like cry when someone's talking to me about how they're doing whole 30 or, you know, really focusing on grass fed beef or this or that. And I'm like, but, but, but look what you're putting all over your skin. And, you know, obviously our skin's our largest organ, and it absorbs up to 60% of what you put onto it directly into the bloodstream. So I would say for anyone that's thinking about getting into this slowly, just kind of checking things out, my first piece of advice would always be to go for the things that you're covering most of your body with. So if you're wanting to make changes, I recommend going for body lotions first, shampoo and conditioner. Your scalp is one of the most absorbent and sensitive parts of your body. Um, Little things like that. If you have a MAC Ruby Woo lipstick or something that you absolutely adore and you love to wear on date night, by all means, keep it. Now I'll get to you later, I promise. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, keep it. But right now I, I recommend focusing on Big parts of your body, like skin. So if you only switch out your body lotion and nothing else, you've already made a really big big step there. And to your question about being expensive, there are very expensive things. But now there are lots of brands like Root and uh, Well People, Zuzu Lux, lots of these companies that make great products that are clean and they do not break the bank. And a lot of them are carried at Target. So next time you guys... Yeah, next time you're in Target, they kind of have a clean beauty aisle now. You can kind of peruse that and everything, but
1: I definitely think it's worth the effort. You describe yourself as an information addict. So can you talk about a a recent information kind of rabbit hole that you traveled down and what did you learn from it?
3: Yes, well, yes, I am an information addict, and you know that has helped me in a lot of ways for you know blogging and doing the research I do and kind of presenting that to people. I enjoy that, but um, I have definitely found in the past 10 years that I can get really unhealthy with that, and um, the one part of my life that always jumps back to me is when I was having these health issues five or six years ago, um, I just became obsessed with the health issue itself. And it was like, I was researching it all day long and trying to get the right supplements and seeing the right doctors and it, my life, like it, that's all being this diagnosis. And it took a while for me to realize that that was so much more unhealthy because the stress it was causing doing all of these deep dives and being sucked into these black holes of information was not good at all. It was stressing me out. In fact, it was making me work, feel worse. And I realized that I can't allow myself to do that. So for me personally, it's health related. I can do deep dives on, you know, things like natural beauty or anything. But when it comes to health, that's kind of my personal trigger. And I just will not allow myself to, you know, self-diagnose or, you know, get online and try to do all the research. Because for me personally, it is very unhealthy. So, I mean, I just don't do it anymore, period.
2: Smart and good self-awareness. Because that can be definitely a slippery slope right there.
3: It certainly can. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Okay. So on Selfie Podcast, you and Kristen have talked a lot about something that we struggle with over here as well. And that's the idea of like beauty and self-care and fitness. And then how that all fits in with self-acceptance and, you know, aging naturally and all of that. So I'd love for you to share your take on kind of how to reconcile being really into beauty. And I don't, you know, for the record, like I see nothing wrong with that. I see nothing wrong with being very into beauty and fashion and, um, and all that, but, you know, also maybe embracing those gray hairs that are starting to come in or feeling comfortable at, you know, not wearing a sample
3: size. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's such a good question. And it's super tough, right? Yeah.
2: That's why I'm asking you and not asking myself.
3: (laughs) Well, I don't know if I have, I don't really know if I have any answer. I mean, it's tough. It's a constant struggle. I think it's a constant struggle that women have to deal with, unfortunately, because of like societal pressures that have been put on us that we've just grown up. It's like these beliefs that have been like, just, you know, shoved down our throats, essentially, since we were young about the way you should look and the way you should be for myself i feel like um, i'm a fairly confident woman but that confidence has come with time um i was not a really confident woman when i was in my 20s and my early 30s you know i'm i'm 43 now and it's just like i i feel like my 40s i'm just starting to get into like like i know exactly who i am you know and, and i i'm not ashamed of who of who i am so for me I feel like that confidence comes with time and that acceptance of yourself comes with time, but it's really, really hard. I mean, for me personally, I'm going through this right now with the, the gray, uh, something I've talked about a little bit on selfie with my gray hair. I, I have really super dark hair and I'm, my grays are coming in full force. And I have, I have no, I, I'm not going to color them. Like I don't, and I'm not trying to be like Uber, like I'm bucking the system, you know, but um, I think they're beautiful. I think silver hairs are beautiful. And I, I kind of get excited when I see more and I know that's really weird, <laughs> but um, it's part of what I'm seeing as a trend. And I hope it's not a trend. It's just trending change. right now change. But I, I am seeing a movement of people embracing themselves, not only their size, but embracing aging and that's something new, you know, aging ageism is huge. And I look around and I see a lot of women that are really comfortable in how old they are and flaunting that. And, you know, when I say that, I don't, I also don't mean like embracing it and that people are letting themselves go like, oh, well, I'm 43 and I'm 45. I'm 50. I'm 55. I'm 38, whatever. And this is just the way it is. I'm not saying, you know, like just sit around and be like, this is the way it is, but how people are now like enhancing their God given beauty and working with what they have opposed to modifying it. And and I'm speaking in the, you know, in in the beauty realm, but I love it. And I want to see more of that. And I want people to, you know, feel comfortable in their skin, but it's a hard thing. I don't think any of us have the answers, but for me, I do think growing older kind of provide you some of those answers, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You are big into closet cleanses. Uh, Can you tell us a bit about your favorite capsule wardrobes, like what that is and what's your favorite one?
3: Well, I did, I don't do them anymore, but I did do capsule wardrobes about, I think it was like three or four years ago. I just was, you know, walking into a closet full of clothing and I I was standing there, you know, complaining that I had nothing to wear. And it was ridiculous because I had a huge closet and, you know, starting to like research a little bit, I was realizing that most people probably wear 10% of what's in their closet. The 90% like literally does not come off a hanger. It's just there. So I think, I can't remember the exact number, but I think I whittled it down. Something like I had in my closet, including shoes, which was a huge cleanse for me. It was, it was, it kind of felt, I mean, it was kind of, it was a little emotional. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, cause you totally. just kind of, all, you know, these things kind of fill you up and probably an unhealthy, but kind of, you know, an emotionally, an emotional way. And so I got rid of all that stuff and realized once I was doing it, that it wasn't any different than before. I was still choosing those items that I loved and I just wasn't walking into a closet and being bombarded with the stress of like, what am I going to wear today? Mm-hmm. Or just like, look at all this stuff. Since then, I don't, I'm not that rigid with myself because I've also found that like, I think like everything in moderation, it's kind of almost in the same vein of talking about being an information addict. Like you can go too far and then Mm -hmm. it becomes, it like, it like consumes you, you know? Mm -hmm. And I felt like, I felt like it was kind of consuming me a little bit. Like, oh, I've got to add one piece and drop one. But the act of doing that closet cleanse or, you know, I think it was a year and a half that I did them. Um, has really totally changed the way I approach buying now. So it was such a great, it was so great for me to learn. And now I'm not so rigid with myself, but I definitely do not buy as much as as I used to. And I really focus on, you know, quality versus, or yeah, quality versus quantity and things like that. So it was super helpful.
2: Yeah, I've been, I realized the last closet cleanse that I did, I had an absolutely ridiculous number of dresses and I don't I don't live a life where I wear dresses every day. Um, and I actually had to have my my friend Danielle come over and help me sort through because I was so, like, emotionally attached to so yeah. many of
1: them mm-hmm.
2: that um, I could not envision, like, I, I couldn't force myself to get rid of them. And so she was like, okay, do you have something that's similar to it? Can you tell me where you'd wear it? Do you have shoes to go with it? Like, yes. it was, does it even fit? There were, and we really pared it down. Like I got rid of a lot and I've had literally just one occasion since then where I was kind of like, oh, I sort of wish that I had this other dress, but you know what? I've got this one and it works just as well. I just yeah, the other one too. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It does change the way you, the way you look at it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it takes a little stress out of it too. You know, it really does not, not having those things to look at every day. You're, it's just, it reduces that reaction of like, ugh. Yes,
2: (laughs) yes, I like less ugh in my life.
3: (laughs) Totally, I'm all about less ugh. ugh.
2: So now you and I are similar in that we've both at times gotten really, really into some workouts and then been sidelined by some injuries, oh, and then maybe yes. something else to get super into because of those injuries.
1: <laughs>
2: and like, I think when we planned this this interview, I was getting ready to go to my my first ever bar class um, because I, uh, I separated my pelvis, which is not a thing I'd recommend to anybody. Oh, gosh. And I'm like, just coming back from that very slowly. And I like doing the bar stuff, and now I'm living that life, and I'm there a bunch because I can do it, and it's it's helping. But it means, you know, like, it's because I can't run, and I can't go and do my, like, training to be Wonder Woman workouts. <laughs> right. um, so I'm, I'm wondering, and I think that this is really common, right, for, for women, especially as they, they age and maybe hit their mid to late 30s or 40s or beyond – so I'm wondering, is there anything that you're doing right now that you're really loving or do you have any advice for other people who maybe are finding themselves in a, in a similar boat?
3: Oh, well, first of all, it's the worst. Yeah, It is the worst. It is. I mean, being sidelined with an injury is so bad, especially, you know, going back to the diagram. but, you know, the three. I mean, just, you know, I'm all or nothing. Like, I'm just like, I'm going to do it. And a perfect example for me right now is that this month, you know, I'm like, okay. I'm going to do something for January. I'm just, you know, and I'm searching around. And I found this, um, it's called the pit 28. Have you heard of that? It's the blog a Oh yeah. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. So she does this program. It's, it stands for Pilates intense interval training and it only lasts 28 minutes a day. Well, that's not counting stretching, but so I'm like, yeah, I can do that. I could do 28 minutes for 28 days. It's going to be great. And so yeah. I started it and suddenly started having, I did not think it was related, but I was like having really bad indigestion, which I never have, like never, never, never have. And I'm like, what is going on? It's really uncomfortable. I did not like it. Of course, I wanted to go down the rabbit hole of Google. I did not, but, Good for you. <laughs> but, um, I, I saw my chiropractor a couple of days ago and he's like, oh yeah. And he was talking about the, you know, the diastasis or whatever it's mm-hmm. called, you know, and he's like, like It's because you're doing like an enormous amount of crunches right now and you haven't done crunches for a long time. And it's just like that musculature is causing you the burning and it's just, you're like, why? Uh. (laughs) Why? And he's like, no more crunches. You know, I was like four or five days in or something, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, why? But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to feel this way anymore. So anyway, I mean, it's super frustrating. What I have through years and years of having my ups and downs with like my insane intense workouts and then none is that yoga is my constant. I can get through yoga, even when I'm really, if I'm, if I'm dealing with an injury, I can still usually do some form. You know, I, I ripped my hamstring insertion about a year ago and that was a horrible, because you can't like, I mean, sitting bending over. So like, I would still go to yoga, But I obviously couldn't do down dog or something, you know, it would just hurt too bad. So it's just trying to find that. And the other thing that I'm loving right now, which is probably kind of ish, but I think it's like coming back in. It's either really like rebounding. I have a little rebounder trampoline and that is a workout
2: for real.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a 30-minute cardio workout on a rebounder is amazing. So I've been doing that because it's at home and it's really easy and it really gets my heart right up. But if I'm injured, usually I'm doing yoga or barely even, walk, you know, light walking. But that's it. I have learned to not push it. That's one thing I've learned. Just don't push it and let your body heal. And as you get older, unfortunately, it takes a lot longer for that healing to happen. But it will. Yeah, you know.
2: I'm I do. so sorry
3: about your pelvis. Oh, gosh.
2: Oh,
3: <laughs> and Lord. I have also
2: never talked about my pelvis so much as I have in the last, oh. what, like, oh, month okay. and a half, two months.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: I have friends text me, and they're like, hey, how's your pelvis? I'm like, that's a weird thing to be asking me, <laughs> but I get it. Um,
3: <laughs> that bar's been good for you?
2: <laughs> yeah, so far. Yeah. Like, a, a week in, and there are a few things that I've got to modify. Um, I mean, this yeah. is also, like, literally, I, this happened, um, at, well, gosh, probably almost... Coming up on six weeks ago, so or maybe seven weeks. It's been a while, so it's fairly healed. But yeah, it's um I'm just having to modify a few things that don't feel quite right. Right. But because it's such small movements, I'm you know I'm not really risking like pulling something too far and having it give up again.
3: Right. So, right. Uh, yeah, that's good. It's good. Yeah, I'm it. Plus, I good. get to
2: wear cute leggings.
3: Um, Oh, yeah.
2: Totally into that.
3: Oh, yeah, of course. Best part.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, I want to ask your advice about I want to fill up my Kindle with some new ideas, new books. So, what are you reading these days? So, you you probably shouldn't ask me because I have got like
3: one genre of reading and I really need to break out. I need to read some fiction. So, if anyone has any suggestions for me fiction wise, because like I am a huge nonfiction reader. And it's usually revolving around Buddhist thought. (laughs) So anything I can get my hand, like my very favorite book of all time is the untethered soul by Michael Singer. And a lot of these books all kind of have the same vein of practicing non-attachment, which is really important for me, for all the reasons I probably stated throughout this podcast about getting sucked into information, black holes and, you know, working so hard and, um, trying just trying to remove myself. So the untethered soul is always sitting next to my bed. It's totally dog-eared. It's just a lovely book about realizing like that your thoughts, the thoughts that you have, aren't you, you know, there, it's not just you. Um, There's a much bigger part of you besides those thoughts that are beating you down all the time, day in and day out. So I love that book. Um, since I'm into the Enneagram right now, there's a book called The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron, and it's exceptional. If you're just getting into the Enneagram, it is such a great read. It goes into all the different types and how the different types interact with each other. It's been very helpful through this Enneagram process. And then I have this one book that I, it's kind of weird. It's called The Mini um, Moons Workbook. It comes out twice a year and it's kind of like part book, part journal. So I don't know if this would work on a Kindle, but it goes through all the lunar phases of the year and then how that affects you. And then it has a lot of prompts and questions, just kind of doing a little bit of inner work on yourself. It's a really cool book, but it always sells out. And I felt I, I wonder if I should have even told you about this book because it, she only, yeah, she, exactly. <laughs> she like only put a limited run, and then it's gone, and it might already be gone. But it's a really weird kind of funky book. I mean, there are like some like spell a little touch of wiccan. <laughs>
2: I'm so in,
3: but it's really really cool, and I don't even think it has an author's name. It's just called the Many Moons Workbook, and I love it.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, um, I'm after this, I was trying to stay on mute so that I could look it up on Amazon while <laughs> we are talking. Cause I literally just ordered, um, the untethered soul. So, uh, um, thank okay. God for prime. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. So unless there's anything else you'd like to touch on while we've got you here, um, I have one more question for you and, that is, what's the last song that you listened to before you joined us for this podcast?
3: Oh my gosh. Oh no. <laughs> I don't even remember, this is, okay, this has to, I have to bring this up. I'm a huge Spotify person and I listen to playlists, and I have found the saddest thing is I never look to see what the song is called or who is the, is the artist. And it's been the worst thing because someone will be like, hey, do you want to go see that concert at such and such? So I'm like, I never heard of that person. And then I'll hear a song. I'm like, I listen to that five times a day. Like, how horrible is that? It's no, like Spotify has ruined me. Like, I don't know any names or anything.
2: That is exactly what happened to me it was a few years ago. I was um, I, I was all about Songza before it went away, and now I'm a spotify And I was having this wonderful conversation and um, this person asked me about songs and I was like, oh, I I like indie. Uh, uh." And, um, you know, they mentioned a couple of different artists and I was like, I no, I've never heard of them and then played songs. I'm like, oh, I know every word. Yeah, actually, I listen.
3: That's exactly how I am. Now, I will say that by far my favorite band of all time is Future Islands. And I listened to them ad nauseum. My family just, they, my kids are like, oh, not again, not again. So I'm pretty sure the last song I heard was By the Future Islands. It probably was Time on Our Side or Through the Roses. So there you
1: have it. <laughs> well, we're we'll on Spotify, it. by the way. So when you're on there, you can listen to our podcast. Perfect. Right. See, there you go. Kismet. That's Turned right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today. It was really fun to talk to you and very educational. Uh, My Amazon Prime is going to go crazy today with the stuff I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) order because of you. I know. Well, thank you. I am an enabler. I am a bit of an enabler when it comes
3: to the shopping. (laughs) But thanks so much for having me.